0: Welcome back, and thanks for joining us on our podcast channel. My name is Sherry Jorgensen. Be sure to visit us on spiritualcrusade.com and enjoy the content we deliver on a daily basis like talks, quotes, memes. Come follow me, lesson helps in assisting and teaching your family or even individually. We have lots more. Every single day, there's new content on there. So come check it out. Um, It'll help you form your own lessons. There are lessons that are pre-planned or talks that are pre-planned, but there's so much information in the category. You can put together a fantastic talk or um, lesson just by going through the categories and putting it all together. So come back, come visit us, come back and come back often. Um, Today, I want to talk to you about the 15 tips to a happy marriage. I found these tips. On my personal blog that I had written 7 years ago. I wrote 15 tips to happy marriage when we had our 15th wedding anniversary. Now we've been married 22 years. Maybe someday I'll add an extra 7 and we can have 22 tips to happy marriage. But I found these. I actually went and found these on purpose after I had had several friends come with struggling marriages. In the last few years, it's just been a heightened amount for me, anyhow. I've had a heightened amount of friends who are just struggling in their marriages. But listen, it's because the adversary is fighting hard to break up families. You have to recognize that he is absolutely attacking our children, our spouses, and ourselves. He is. He is working hard. Why does he work so hard on breaking up marriages and families? Because He knows that the family is at the heart of Heavenly Father's plan. He absolutely wants to destroy our homes. We cannot let Him. We have to fight harder. Because marriage is worth fighting for. Families are worth fighting for. So let's fight a little harder every single day. To create a home of understanding, love, patience, respect, kindness, Forgiveness, faith, all these characteristics characteristics that we so desperately want. Let's fight hard and create them in our our own lives and in our family's lives and in our marriage's lives. So I'm gonna give you 15 tips that get you started. These will help you. Tip number one, go on weekly dates with your spouse. I know you're busy. We're all busy. The world is in pure busyness. (laughs) I don't know one family that is not absolutely jam-packed with schedules of all sorts. It doesn't matter if you have two kids or you have ten kids. It's busy. So, it's gonna take effort. You're gonna have to set aside time every week for a date with your spouse and it will bless your marriage unbelievably. Don't worry if you're short on funds. Dates don't require money. You can stay home and have a date. Put the kids to bed and go outside and enjoy the stars and talk and visit. Take some cheese and sausage and crackers out there with you. Sit on the couch and pop some popcorn and watch a movie together. snuggled up under a blanket. Lay in your bed and snuggle. Give each other back rubs. Find a way to have a date night every single week. Mark and I really love to go to dinner. We have all kinds of dates that we enjoy and I will tell you one of my favorite after I tell you this dinner story because I think it's so cute. But we typically like to go to dinner. So we'll go to dinner. We'll be gone three hours. That's our, that's our normal. Sometimes two, sometimes three. But we come home and the kids say, so what would you guys do? They're all excited. We went to dinner. You went to dinner for three hours? Yeah, you guys talked for three hours? Yeah, they just cannot figure it out. They could not figure out how we have enough to talk about that we could go to dinner for three hours and talk. But we do and we love it. You have to be able to talk to each other because life is so busy. And we're all going at fast paces all you know everyone's going in different directions and this kid has soccer and this kid has baseball and this kid has a dentist appointment and you know we're just going 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 so find time to visit and talk with each other so one of my favorite dates so far was just last week my daughter begged us to take her to the mall i don't know why we've never done this before this is probably old news but i still loved it and i am like so excited about this so, we were going to take all the kids and then we decided, you know what, the little kids don't really want to walk around a the mall, there's nothing but like girl clothes and big boy clothes. So, we got a babysitter and Mark and I took the girls to the mall and we let them walk around while we had our own little date night. We walk, First, we decided we're going to get exercise. We were just going to walk circles around the mall which my daughter thought was hilarious and she said she was not going to say... She was not going to recognize us as her parents if we came cruising around in circles around her which we were fine with. So we did that and as we were cruising around you know we passed the middle section and there was the guys doing the massages and they said massages and my husband was about ready to say no and i said yes i want a massage (laughs) so i sat down in that chair and he sat down and i you know they were going to give us 10 minutes and then mark said you know what let's do 20. so there mark and i sat in the middle of the mall getting our 20-minute massages it was amazing I, i got done i felt like a new woman so here i'd been exercising now i got my massage so we continued our laps and of course You know, when Mark and I were first married, we loved to go to the bookstore, so we passed by Barnes & Noble. Mark says, let's go in the bookstore. Oh, okay. So we go in the bookstore and we just have a blast. We instantly are looking at different books and showing each other what we think we should get. And we always choose one book each. And so we picked that book. And then we went to dinner at Cheesecake Factory. And that was it for our date night. But for some reason, it was just so fun. We did laps. We got massages. We got books. We went to the bookstore. We had dinner at Cheesecake Factory. If I had to do it again, I would stop and get Cold Stone afterwards. You know, just make a complete, full-blown all course date. Of course, you could also fit in the movies. I mean, they had virtual reality. You could do virtual reality in the middle aisles. There was just so many fun things you could do. And so we had a blast. But enjoy each other, right? So that's number two. Number two is enjoy each other's lives. It comes right off of date nights. We have date nights because we need to enjoy each other. Well, that's number two. Enjoy each other. Life is busy and life is going chaotically in two directions. Most likely, if you both work, you both work at different places in two different fields. For my situation, I'm a stay-at-home mom and Mark works. Completely different days. We enjoy each other. He enjoys hearing about the chaos that I've incurred during the day with having a, you know, little toddlers all the way up to high schoolers. My day is full. Of just pure chaos, and he enjoys hearing about it. I enjoy hearing about his craziness, trying to pay employees and sell cars. You know, he's in the car business and um, buy cars and getting shuffling them everywhere they need to go. Regardless, we just enjoy each other. Maybe your spouse has a favorite hobby. Maybe he likes to go to the gym and you like to crochet, or you like to read books and he likes to hunt. It doesn't really matter what your spouse enjoys, enjoy it with them. It doesn't mean you have to be that person. You have to give up what you love. No, that's not what I'm saying. Continue to be who you are, love what you love, but love what they love. Find a way to enjoy them. Number three, be a peacemaker. This possibly is my favorite because we need peace. That's what the world is seeking for. The world needs peace. Our country needs peace. Your city probably needs peace. Everybody wants to find peace within themselves. We want peace within our children. We want peace in our marriages. We want peace in our home. We'll start with being a peacemaker. That's the first thing. If you want to find peace, be peace. (laughs) Be a peacemaker, right? So, um, this is one thing that Mark and I have an unspoken understanding of. We understand that it is okay to have a bad day. Nobody is always Nobody nobody has a perfect day every single day. There's no no one on the whole earth that does not have a bad day. So there's no way you can expect your spouse not to have a bad day. And don't worry, because you're going to have a bad day. So don't expect him to always have a a good day if you yourself are going to have bad days, right? I mean, that makes sense. So for us, we just have, like I said, we have an unspoken understanding. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to say this is your turn or this is your turn. We just know. If Mark walks in that door and he's irritated and tired and I can just see the heaviness in his shoulders and he's just not really smiling, just totally off character, guess what? He needs a little extra attention from me. He needs me to be happy. He needs me to be uplifting. He doesn't need me to react to the way he's feeling and just cause a contention that's not even really necessary, where there's really no offense intended, just a bad day, it's okay to have a bad day. And more often than not, Mark does that for me. He comes home and it's been crazy. Like I said, I've got kids of all different ages, activities going 100 miles an hour, different emotions, different needs. This kid's sick, this kid's injured. This, kid, this kid's been having friend issues. And it can wear on me, right? He can come home and my smile is just not as giving. And I'm just not quite as cheerful. And Mark just gives me the love I need. He just shrugs it off and knows that Sherry's had a bad day. It's okay. It's okay to have a bad day. So eliminate the fighting that comes just because someone's having a bad day. It's your true love. Love him. Love her. Okay? So last thing you want to do is to dig that bad day and deeper into them. Okay. Tip number four. Tip number four, treat your spouse the best. Period. Or exclamation point or both. I made this commitment way before I ever met Mark. In high school, I spent a lot of time at a friend's house and her parents were amazing in public. They smiled, they were happy. You, it's the perfect person. You would think this person was just all bubbly all the time. Yet when they got home, they were tired and they treated each other horribly. Even though all day they were energetic and happy and treated everybody wonderfully. At home, they treated each other terribly. It was was so sad, I could not understand. Why are they putting so much effort into other people When their eternal friend is right there and they're just ignoring them or just beating upon them with negativity. I'm so lucky that I met Mark who believes in this just the same I do. He absolutely treats me the best. And I treat him the best. I made the commitment before I ever knew him. I was going to treat my husband the best. If every single day, he was going to get my best smile, my most energy, my happiest comment. He was going to get the best me every single day. That's what I committed to and I try to. Do I ever have bad days? Yes, I have bad days. We just talked about it. (laughs) Everybody has a bad day. It's okay to have a bad day but treat your spouse the best. It doesn't matter what you faced in your day at work or at home or what he's faced let your spouse come home to a smile or you come into the house with a smile. You can shrug off a bad day for a moment to give them a smile and a hug and then then they can step up for you if they need to. (laughs) Okay, number five. Five love languages. Have you read the book? And I apologize, I do not have the author sitting in front of me. I wish I did but it's five love languages that she comes up with. It is worth reading. I can tell you about the book. I can tell you everything about the five love languages, but it's not the same as if you get the book and take the test and read it. You have to because it's, it really is that good. I understand it's not a solve all, it's not perfection, but it gives you a little, little secret weapon to help your husband. If you know what your husband's love language is, when he's having that bad day, guess what? You can pull out those love languages. You know what makes him feel the most loved. And that's the moment you want to pull those out. And same for you. If he knows how to make you feel loved especially when you're having a day where you feel no love or just pure ugh, exhaustion, they can pull out their secret little weapons Love languages and it's good. So, I... It took us forever to read it. We'd heard people say that it was so awesome, so wonderful. We took forever. But finally, after my brother and his wife kept talking about how this really helped their marriage, we decided we're going to take the test. And I was actually surprised at my answers. I had swore up and down I was not quality time. Because Mark traveled for work. He was gone all the time. And to me, quality time meant you spend lots of time together. And we didn't spend a lot of time together. But I am quality time. Why am I quality time? I'm quality time because I'm, I'm not quantity time. I don't need a lot of time. I'm quality time. I need that three-hour date where you have to sit and talk to me for three hours that's for me (laughs) right luckily marks quality time as well so that works really well together but i'm also affirmation and mark is touch so you know um (laughs) one this is funny one night we were laying together in bed and mark rolled over and gave me a kiss on the cheek and then he told me honey you looked so nice today well i knew I did not look nice that day. It had been a rough day. I had never gotten completely ready, never put my makeup on. It was just one of those days where it was laundry and dishes. And I mean, I definitely did not look so nice that day. So I asked him, what was I wearing? He rolls over, looks at me, says, I don't know, but your affirmation and you always look nice. (laughs) It worked for me. It worked. He knows I just need to have a compliment. I just need to feel good about myself. I don't even care if it's not 100% um, on. Like, you know, I didn't really look nice that day. But he knows that I just need to feel loved. And so he does that. And I know he needs touch. So I'll rub his head at night or his shoulders or I'll walk up behind him and, you know, he's on the computer working. I'll rub, I'll rub his shoulders for a minute. Or if I had to fix his the, back, the collar of his shirt before he goes to work, I'll fix his collar and then i make sure i give him that little rub down rub his arms and his back give him a little scratch takes a few seconds doesn't stop anything from my morning routine but makes him feel loved for the whole day okay number six be affectionate love your spouse i know there's this big huge thing about p is it pda public Demonstra- demonstration of affection it's okay to have pda you don't have to be like tacky you can show that you love your spouse, your spouse should always feel like you love them. So I appreciate my mom and dad demonstrating to us that they loved each other. And I have have numerous memories, but my favorite memory is my mom washing dishes. And my dad would come up behind her humming a little tune. He'd wrap his arms around her waist, nuzzle his face next to hers, and he'd give her a little kiss on the neck. It wasn't anything intense, but it was so sweet and tender. I never questioned whether my father loved my mother. I just never—I just knew that he loved her so much, and I knew that she loved him. You know, and um, they. Another thing they always did is if there was ever classical music playing, whether it's at home or a restaurant, it doesn't matter where music is. They used to be ballroom dancers in college. They will find a way to ballroom dance. And sometimes in the chaos of 12 kids and just, we lived in a small home, I would find my mom and dad ballroom dancing in our small little kitchen with all the chaos around them. It was their way for just a sweet little piece of heaven as they danced together. Number seven, support each other as parents. This is huge. The scriptures tell us that we are supposed to be one as parents. Why? Because we have to work together. Our children need it. It helps our children. Supporting your spouse will absolutely give a foundation to your children. You're two different people. So yes, we, we, you're going to view things different than the other person. That's kind of the beautiful thing about marriage is two different people coming together and creating a oneness. But what happens is if you allow it, your weaknesses and your strengths work together and you create a better one than the two of you to, could be separately. So, if one person says no, then the answer is no, right? That's the rule we have. So, the kids know there's no reason to ask mom a question and get the answer no. There's no reason to go to ask dad. They have figured it out. They are smart. They know which questions to ask mom and which questions to ask their dad because they know who might say yes and who might say no. So, they have their little they're, you know, they have their own strategies of how to get what they want, but when they get a no from one parent, we absolutely support the other one, even if we don't understand, even if we feel differently about it. You can talk to the spouse in another room about if you think that the decision should be different, that's fine, you can come to a conclusion together and let them change the no. But really, supporting each other as parents is key. Our kids, need, they need that stability. Like I said in the beginning, the adversary is working so hard on them. He wants them to drive us apart, but he also wants them to feel like they can kind of play. They need to play, you know, get what they want by working the parent. They need us to stand together. That's going to help them in their lives with all the decisions they have to make, all the things they have going on, all the pressures they have. They need you to stand together because often one spouse can be strong in an area where another one's weak, where maybe that strength is needed. I know that's for our family. Um, I often I have to step away from some of the teenage decisions because it's hard because you, the teenagers get so emotional about a no, and Mark's able to stand firm on those no's that he knows he, that we need to, that we need to say no to, and I know also. But it's just hard. So if you work together, you can find where strengths and weaknesses, where where your spouse's strength complements your weakness and vice versa, where your strength complements their weakness. And number eight, appreciate your spouse. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Our husbands work hard. Your wives work hard. Don't worry about tooting your horn. Toot his. Let him toot your horn. Don't, and, and, and if he doesn't, it's okay. Build him up. I promise you that he will then build you up. As a spouse, when a spouse feels appreciated, they can then see that appreciation in what you're doing. Verbally show appreciation. Not, you know, don't just assume that they know you appreciate them. Tell them. Tell your husband why you appreciate what he does. Tell your wife why you think why you think she's awesome and what she's doing for your family that you appreciate it. There really is no substitute for verbal affirmation. But you can change it up if you want to. I enjoy doing. We do all kinds of fun stuff. We send texts. Texts are fun. We t- we uh, have fun with each other in texting. Um, You know, you can just say, you're amazing, you're hot, wow, you looked good today. You know, whatever. You can have all kinds of fun with texting. And it's really fun to break up a workday to receive a fun text from, from your spouse. So I love it when Mark just sends me a sweet little text even, hey, baby, looking good today, you know, and he loves it when I do the same thing. Just fun. Or just thanks for all you do, Mark. It was wonderful. You know, thanks for working so hard for our family. I just want him to know he's amazing all the time. And I feel like he thinks I'm amazing. So, it's obviously working, right? (laughs) Okay, number 9. It's simple and it's so straightforward. I can go into detail and I'm going to just because I obviously enjoy telling details but don't fight. Period. Don't fight. It's that simple. You may not believe this but it's true. I never heard my parents fight. Now, my kids can't say that about us, so I'm not trying to toot my horn here and tell you that I've never fought, but I, I do believe that fighting is just so full of, I mean, obviously, fighting is contention. And we know from the scriptures that contention comes from who? The adversary only. Christ has no contention in him. Love comes from Christ. Contention comes from Satan. Therefore, we know which one we want in our home. So don't invite Satan into your home through fighting, right? So I never heard my parents fight. Not even raise their voice to one another. OK, so early on in our marriage, Mark and I had a couple fights. One time it was when we were in Hawaii with Mark's parents, And for some reason, we ended up in a fight. And I could tell you the reason why we ended up in a fight, and it was totally Mark's fault, right? <laughs> Just kidding. And he can tell you why we ended up in a fight and it was completely my fault. That's how fights are. They're so ridiculous because it's just pure like stubbornness, right? Of all places though, here we are in Hawaii, Maui, fighting. It was crazy. I think we had been married a year. But after, you know, then we got along at the end and everything was fine. But his mom gave us the best advice that has changed our lives forever. And we've listened. We've hardly fought since. We really don't fight anymore. I mean, we have some disagreements. we have to talk about we don't fight because this is what she told us she said don't fight just let it go yeah how simple is that don't fight just let it go and then she explained and the explanation is what makes that simple don't fight just let it go make sense this is what she said usually a fight starts off as something small then with the tension And time, it grows into something large and ugly. In fact, she said, usually you don't even remember what the original fight was about. It's true. Think about it. You wait until your next bicker. And then at the end of the bicker, you can hardly remember what the beginning one started at. You don't even remember why you're fighting. And maybe you do remember but that where your fight has taken you is so much bigger and uglier than what the original offense was that it's pure ridiculous, right? Can you think of times when this has happened? So I'm so thankful for that and for that happening within our first year of marriage. Because now we have learned to let things go. We give each other a break and we just don't fight. It's just not allowed. It's not something you're allowed to do. I guess it's a rule in our home. Don't fight. My kids don't fight either really. And Why? Because you can't fight. <laughs> don't fight just let it go. Give each other a break. Okay, number 10. Maybe I like this one as much as being a peacemaker. Smile and laugh with each other. You've got to smile. You absolutely have got to smile. I don't know how many times we will be out with friends and this... Well, I guess I don't know how many times. It's happened twice. But what the, the husband will say, I can never see my wife smile unless she's with you. Oh my goodness. Please do not let other people see you smiling and your spouse not see you smiling. Smile at your spouse the most. He deserves to be smiled at. She deserves to be smiled at. Smile at each other. Laugh with each other. Mark and I laugh about all kinds of goofy things. Our kids cannot figure it out. They do not know why I think dad is so funny. Well, he's so funny because he's so funny. (laughs) He's hilarious. But we just have a good time. We just have fun with playful banter. We have experienced enough life in the last 22 years that we can just laugh. Yeah, we can just laugh. And we smile at each other. We do. We just, Sometimes I'll just smile at him. I'm across the room. I've got two kids on my lap. I'm reading books. I've got one kid begging me to get them some snack. I've got a teenager wanting me to take her to her friend's house. i got another teenager asking me for help with her speech. She wants to tell me her speech. Anyways, you know the scenario. And he's on the computer talking to somebody on the phone about business, trying to figure out how to get cars transported, and then we'll look at each other. Our eyes will meet, and we'll just smile. We don't have to say anything. We'll just smile. And all of a sudden, all the chaos around me feels a lot lighter and a lot less. And I can see that it does the same thing for him. A smile is an unbelievable tool in a marriage of what it can do, as it it sends that love generating through your whole body. Number 11, put the Lord first. I believe this is so important, to put the Lord first. Mark and I, for our marriage, it's been crazy because we are different denominations. So I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and Mark He's kind of everything. <laughs> he's so cute. We've moved lots of times and he's changed lots of times. But he believes, he's a Christian. He goes every single week. And he, um, so we're both Christians. We just have different faiths, I guess, different um, denominations, different places we go. But he's just as faithful as I am. And this can be a huge wedge. And it has caused some issues in the sense that we had to stay strong. We had to stay close to each other. We couldn't let this become a wedge. And we decided early on, we refused to let it be a wedge. We were not going to let our denominations tear our marriage apart. And we were not going to let our marriage tear our denominations apart. We have lots of friends who choose not to pursue religion and have decided to let it go because it was so hard on their marriage because they were were different denominations. um, And it affected their family. I have one friend who's, they both grew up, really strong Christians, and they were different enough, one was a Catholic and one was just mainstream Protestant, that um, they decided not to practice, and I remember their kid coming over and seeing a picture of Jesus Christ on my wall and asked, who is that? So that was sad. So we decided to focus on common ground and to put Christ at the head of our home, and I am so thankful that we put Christ at the head of our home. Christ will not let you down. He will lead you and your spouse perfectly if you'll let him. So I am thankful that we have pushed through the different denominations and that we have put Christ at the head and that we listen, that we pray together, we read scriptures together, we talk together, we we go to church together, we go one week with him, one week with me, one week with him, one week with me. It's not for everybody, But for us, it's kept our family together and they see that mom and dad have respect for each other, love for each other, and that we put the Lord first. So I can't encourage enough that you read daily together from your scriptures and then you have daily prayer together and that you just both love the Lord and help each other. Number 12, have a hobby and appreciate each other's hobby. So you might think this is the same as enjoying each other. And it is, except for like, You might not love his hobby, and you might not love her hobby, but that doesn't mean you can't support each other in your hobbies. And it's really important because if your spouse loves something, then love it with her. If he loves something, love it with him. Lucky for us, we both share the same common hobby, fitness. I enjoy running, and he likes basketball. I love when he gets the chance to unwind on the court. And as for my hobby, after years of asking him to run with me, He now runs with me. (laughs) He actually runs more than me. Although he has yet to beat me in a race. So I still got the, the up on the running thing, right? Number 13, enjoy each other's families. If you're in a marriage where you just adore your spouse's family, like I do, hip, hip, hooray. Great. Just be thankful and have gratitude fill your heart forever because that is an absolute gift. If you're in a family where that is not the case and his family seems to be hard to love or her family is difficult to love, figure it out. It's her family. It's his family. They love their family. So Mark and I have really worked hard on this. I love my family. He loves his family. I love his family. He loves my family and it has made all the difference. So enjoy each other's families. Number 14, touch each other. I find this to be huge. Mark's um, love language is touch. So you would think, well, what if my love language isn't touch? It doesn't matter if your love language is touched or not. We need to be touched. We, that's affection is part of a couple. It's part of that oneness. It's part of that union. It's part of what holds you together. It's that connection that that smile makes from across the room when two chaotic situations are bonded together with a smile of love. That's the same thing that a touch does. Touch is so simple. For me, it's my number one weapon. If Mark's having a bad day and I rub his head, the bad day's gone. It's as if it never existed. He can have eight hours of a bad, hard day and I can rub his head for ten minutes and it's eliminated. It's gone. And that might not be your case, you know. Your spouse might not fall in love with a rub and it just eliminates the day of stress. But it doesn't matter. Touch each other. Find a way to touch each other. When you're cooking, you know, like my dad did. He'd go put his arms around her and snuggle his head next to her and give her a kiss on the neck. That does wonders for a woman. When he's on the computer and you walk by him, rub his shoulders. When you pass each other, just pass by his touch as you walk by. Put your leg next to his at night when you're sleeping. Hold his hand for a second or 10 minutes or hours. Mark and I love to hold hands. Kiss each other. I'm not talking about tacky, obnoxious, all over, smooching, and being all over each other. I'm just talking about touching each other. Find ways to touch each other throughout the day. Like I said, you're fixing his collar because it's crooked. Rub his shoulders as you come down. If you cut his hair for him, rub his head a little. If you don't do any of those things, it's okay. Find a way to rub next to him, up against him, or to pass in your passing him to touch him. Find a way to touch each other every single day. You need that connection, that love, that bond that it brings. And number 15. We're almost to our close here because number 15 is simple. Be your spouse's number one fan. That's it. You let them know you are their number one. You are their number one fan and they will become your number one fan. And you can do that. You become their number one fan by finding ways to touch them, enjoy their families, enjoy their hobbies, Help them put the Lord first by you putting the Lord first. Find ways to smile at them. Don't fight. Don't take offense when offense is not intended. Just love them. Appreciate your spouse. Support each other as parents. Be affectionate. Love your spouse. Figure out what makes them feel loved. And then give it to them. Treat your spouse the best of any other person that you see every day. Make sure your spouse is absolutely the star of your day. Be a peacemaker, especially in times when it's difficult. When the peace is most needed, it's when it's your turn to step up and be a peacemaker. Enjoy each other's lives and go on a date every single week. That is my 15 tips of how to have a happy marriage they're actually simple. Once you start applying them, you will find out that this is a recipe that you can do. This recipe will work every time. It has successful cookies (laughs) or marriage every single time. Thank you for listening to me today, and I will be back in four weeks with another podcast. Please visit spiritualcrusade.com for as much content as you can, And also visit our other podcasts that we've had in the past. And then every week there's a podcast posted. All of them wonderful. Um, We spread it amongst different ones of us who will give them so that you get content of different caliber from different perspectives. And I'll see you next week. Bye.